I blame the top, Steve Kime, for Cliff Kingsbury being hired. I blame Kyler Murray for Cliff Kingsbury being fired. One, the best mm. ability is availability. Yeah. Kyler Murray, they started off seven and two last year. He got hurt. They began to, he began to be gone. They began to lose. This year, they were already bad. Then Kyler Murray gets hurt once again, and they begin to lose. Field and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Reno's in Vegas. TSPN Radio with Cofield and Company. Caleb Herring is in today as the company. Uh, every Wednesday we talk to Justin Watkins from Battleborn Injury Alert's offices and now in Reno and here in Las Vegas. Big Four is on the way here in just a couple seconds. Justin, how you doing? How you feeling? I know you had a, a bout with COVID. You good? Oh, 100%. My COVID experience, I rate five out of five. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. (laughs) I got caught up on all my TV shows, and I I felt pretty good the whole time. Well, that is kind of special for you because we try to talk a lot of TV with you, and you're like, I haven't had time. What did you catch up on? Uh, I caught up on Yellowstone. I was a little behind there. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on. This may blow out the entire Big Four. Um, (laughs) You caught up all the way to the end? All the way to the end. Okay, yeah. I didn't. Wa- I didn't watch it to the end. I've got like okay. two episodes left. Caleb okay. just started watching what at the end of the football season. Yeah, on uh, the UNLV trip. football yeah, season. Yeah, yep. And he's caught up. Yeah. Uh, give me your opinion of the show in general without giving away the ending. Oh man, it's a little over the top these days, and and, and maybe it always was, but that's okay. You know, like it, it's it's. It's the drama show that I watch. You know, most other shows I watch are not like thick with drama. So it's it's cool. I like it for what it is. It's a male soap opera. You know what I'm calling an audible. Just play number four. This is number four now. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Number four. This is number four. Okay, I totally agree. Again, I didn't see all of it. It got very dramatic. Um, I named my the, the character I disliked the most a couple of weeks ago. Right. Before we get to that, and we'll get the answer from you guys. Your overall impression of the show, because I know you went in hard, Caleb. Yeah, I, I'm fully committed. I don't know what, like, the show hasn't gotten any more dramatic to me. Yeah. I think it started off dramatic. Yeah. Like, the first scene of the show is a horse being put down on the side of a highway after what appears to be a, a wreck right. of some sort. That's, that, like, that's the opening yes, of the yes, show. Yes. Like, so it's, it started off dramatic. It, it's, just, it's just been very consistently dramatic. I don't know how realistic it is. Yeah. And now I think they've gotten into more glorifying rancher lifestyle. And that, that would be my kind of synopsis of this past season, where it's like there, there's all this cinematic shots of what it's like to be a cowboy and like kind of like showing you that lifestyle and kind of glamorizing it a little bit. I don't know if that's even a word. I just made that up. But I, I think... That's what I feel from it now. The drama's still there, and there's some consistent character drama that's been going on, mm-hmm. and I won't spoil anything in season five, but I, I think the show gripped me. And I, I will say, since Game of Thrones went off the air, there's a void for me as oh, far wow. as the shows. This one has filled it perfectly. For, like you said, that drama category, it's, I'm not going to sit here and laugh at it all day long. It's not something I, I, you can watch passively. You definitely have to be in tune and watching it. Uh, but it fills that void for me. And it's, I'm, I'm excited for the second half, I guess, of season five, whenever, whenever that's scheduled to release, so we can actually talk about it when you're finished. Yeah. I, I mean, I know we're on Big Five or, <laughs> or Big Four at Four, so we don't have a lot of time on no, this we, stuff. We got, we got, I told you, we got all the time we need. Oh, we've been dying well. to talk about this, and we can, it'll be, we're going to extend this past 420 if we need to. <laughs> okay. I can go deep on this. I, I got to get my Yellowstone. I got to get my Yellowstone bounce back here. 
Caleb's on point across the board. I think I, I, I agree with what he said. You know, I, I think what he's saying about the glamorization of like the rancher lifestyle, I actually would take it a step further. I think it, I think it's a little bit, it's gone into the realm of politicking, mm. you know, it, it, it's like the non Californias, right? Like it's the oh, anti California yeah. show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's funny is, 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 I, I get it. I see where they're coming from and they're trying to bring you into their world and how they see and how they see the rest of the world and, you know, why the cities are really anti-environment and why they're pro-environment and all, all those things. I, I get it. Yeah. The only thing that, uh, you know, I've, I've really felt uh, was somewhat dishonest is, you know, they, they sort of make a commentary about how crummy of a world they're handing off to their kids and to the next generation without any, like any self-identification for being part of the people who delivered that world yeah. to these kids. There's like, they, they take no ownership in this world that's being delivered to the next generation, which irks me just a little bit, you know, like they gotta be self-aware. Uh, but, but that's, that's a whole nother next level. The character I hate the most, is that what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Jamie. Oh, it's gotta be Jamie. <laughs> He's up he's there. The worst. I think he's. I think he's in my three. Like he's of. There's three, and I already told you my mine was. Repeat it again for <laughs> Justin in the audience. Yeah, I didn't even know his name. What is his name? I can't even. Think what of his are name. you talking about? The kid. The son. Yeah, the kid. What now, is his? Now name? I'm blanking on it. He, I can't. Yeah, this is weird because I can hear her saying it. I can hear yeah. his mom. He doesn't. He doesn't him. like the grandson. Oh, actually, Tate. Tate, yes, I don't. Uh, Tate is my least favorite He's a kid. That Not on this show. On this show, kids are fair game. Yeah, if you're if you're going to be a lead character. Oh, on on Ozark, and now I'm blanking on the the kid's name in that one. Oh, I so want to. I, I not to be vicious, but I like. I, if I there, so many people it. were getting killed in Ozark, it was like, please take the young kid out. <laughs> I just I got to say it again. The because you talked about the 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 drama and the schmaltzy nature of it. Yeah, someone needed to rip. Bet's head off, and I'm talking about a chick. It, uh, like the the fighting and the drinking, we get it. You're beating the dead horse. She's a wild child. Yeah, she's out of control. She's got problems in her past. Enough. I mean, God, God bless Rip. God bless him. <laughs> I mean, how do you stay in that relationship? I mean, it's every day. Rip is a hero. He's a legend. Well, I think they, I think they keep going overboard with Beth just yeah. to show us the the interaction and how Rip can handle her, yeah. you know, yeah. or how he deals with her. He's the you only know, one. That's entertaining to me is like, how's Rip going to do with this one? And then <laughs> there's, he works his there's way so through many, and he gets out of it. There's, you know? there's been several points in the season where they have an argument. Beth yeah. and Rip have an argument. And I'm thinking that's the one that's going to break Rip. Yeah. Like he, he, <laughs> he's not going to laugh that off. And then Rip just, like a boss, just smiles with that southern smile and just says, what do you want me to do, Beth? And he just, he just makes me love the character even more. I'm like, this man is doing what no man can do. I don't think any man could withstand, first, the ranch lifestyle and, and handle the ranch the way he does because he does that phenomenally. And you, you, you look at him as a role model. I'm, I think there's like three different characters that have said or at least it, to some degree echoed that they want to be like Rip. Like yeah. that's who they want to be yeah. like. So he's a role model on that side. And then he's handling you know, his, his love life. Taking the abuse, and that's all. I, that's what it is. She's she's abusive, to to Rip. So, so the the fact that he's standing in the trenches with a smile on his face, with his history, I, wow. he's a hero of the show, no doubt about it. But I, did you have a problem, Justin, with Beth's character? Because she's, I think she was number one on your list, was she not, Steve? I, I, I think she was high on mine as far as her character being the most annoying on the show. I had a problem with her. I was done when she blew up. 
and survived. Yeah. I that was that was that was pushing my limit. It was like her. watching Halloween. Uh, whatever Halloween it was, two or three, and <laughs> Michael, Myers, Michael Myers. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis blows up a hospital <laughs> with the freaking uh, whatever tanks, and and then you're like, "Come on, he's walking out of this!" <laughs> Beth comes out, and she's like, uh, "Not only gets blown up, she's like, let me light up a cig." <laughs> I, what are we doing? I think best character is an all timer yeah. and needs to be part of the show. Like her, I get that you're you're supposed to be annoyed and you're supposed yeah. to be at the end of your rope with yeah. Beth. I think that's where her role is. But if you took her off that show, it'd be boring, man. That's 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 fair. Oh that's no, fair. she's she's integral in the she show. She drives I just think, a I just lot think of conflict. The storylines yeah. they, they drive a little too hard. Last thing on on Yellowstone as it's wrapped up for now, and we're trying not to spoil too much. Um, this is what I find interesting. I think there's a lot of people who are projecting, especially guys, when they watch this show and they're like, "Man, I would love to be able to do that," or "Or I could do that." I watch it and I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. The only thing I want to do is be able to run a staff and work like Rip. Like I'm not saying I, you know, I want like I forget what when it was when his his right hand man he just just beats the piss out of him. Yeah. Like I don't need to do that, but I like the like, like the no nonsense nature yeah. of Rip. But the whole point of I, I hear guys watch it. And I'm like, you couldn't do this. Like you may watch it and you're like, oh man, I wish I was on on a ranch. I think Caleb could. I know I know Justin could. So you're like one of the only guys I know who watches the show who could go onto a ranch and be in this environment because you've already done stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, not not to that level, oh, obviously. Oh, you can do it. Like, I, I grew up with horses and cows and chickens modest. and geese and the whole little thing. But, like, yeah, nah, man. There's a reason why I don't have a horse, you know? Like, that, that life ain't for me, man. <laughs> I, I look at it and I watch it, and I, I think they do an amazing cinematic job of getting us to buy in to that, you know, that ideal Yep. And I'm here for it, and I'm down to watch it, but, like, that's where it leads. When I turn off the TV, I have no desire to go move to Montana and get on a ranch. It's like zero. What's funny is it's created in me. I'm now the person that the show actually hates. I'm the guy who wants to go visit Montana. You're and the, like, you're, I want to yeah, go, in this case, you're go the evil Airbnb. Southern, you're the evil Southern California. <laughs> yeah, I just like I just want to go vacation there and hang out and like be a tourist for a little while. Like I, I would love that part. I I'm self-aware enough. I probably could learn. I'm physically probably capable of doing some of this stuff, but I have no idea what ranching is like. Like what the rules of ranching are. I'd be lost. I'd be like wet behind the ears over there if I if that was the case. But I, I am. I'm that person now that's just very interested in Montana. I just like. I had no I, Yellowstone opened up a whole new lens for me, and I would love to just go sit on the side and watch, like in person. Maybe it's different well, in person, but wait till July. I just saw an Instagram video that said this is what they don't tell you on Yellowstone. Today it was minus twenty degrees with a minus sixty wind chill. Oh yeah, yeah. So you you want to wait till late July, <laughs> yeah. early August before you make your ventures over that way. No, places like Montana, you know, might be nice to live, but they are hell holes there. The, uh, the coldest times of the year. Number three. So let's stay in that region and sort of lifestyle and talk a little bit of Colorado, Denver. Denver is very cosmopolitan, but I'll throw it at Justin first and we'll carry this over uh, when we come back. I think the Broncos' job is actually a good job. Should Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh want this Broncos' job? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad job. I think there's enough talent around there. I think there's enough reason to think that that Russell Wilson still has something, you know, in the right system with the right coach and the right players around there. I think that there's 
there's reason to believe, and and with the division, it's yes, there's Kansas City, but the the after Kansas City, and I'm a Charger fan, right? I, and it happens this year that it was the Chargers. Last year it was the Raiders. There's no reason that next year it can't be the Broncos that are that kind of number two team, and every once in a while sort of pushing and knocking on the door of the Chiefs. I I think it's a good job. And just before I forget, put a pin in it. The other show I caught up on that probably most people aren't watching on Apple TV, Mythic Quest. Great show. Just finished the third season of that. Mark it down. Mark it down. All right. Give me your take on the job. I think think Russell Wilson is a billion percent salvageable. I think Mm -hmm. he's going to be fine. Uh, And by the way, for Chargers fans, if you watch the game, oh, he can throw the deep ball. Because he nailed it three times. I mean, great passes. He still has it. Yeah, Russell Wilson still has it. I think he's of the open head coaching jobs. I think he's the quarterback I would trust the most. You know, to to be my kind of right hand man to build around. Uh, and then with the Broncos, they had the number one scoring defense. Like they like they at a point in the season were number one scoring defense. That's one of the biggest things about building a team is having a good defense. They can play defense still with the best of them. Um, and I think Russell Wilson does give you a chance. Sean Payton, I think, would be a better fit. I think he should want it more uh, of the available job postings. I agree, though, that the Broncos is probably the most desirable. Like, if you're going to go head coach somewhere, you have the least chance of it blowing up in your face in Denver. They have a pretty good team, some pretty good pieces, skill guys. Jerry Judy's still a talented receiver. Russell Wilson, like you said, still can get it done. I don't care wh- how bad this year was. I trust him over any of the other quarterback destinations as far as head coaching openings. So I, I, I agree. Sean Payton. Whoever else should be reaching for that uh, for that uh, Denver job, and I think it's attractive. We'll continue with the Big Four. Big Four at Four is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 766-1400. and call from anywhere in Nevada. Offices now in Reno and in Vegas, 766-1400. The blade back sends the ball down the court. This is for a Porsche. Starting to turn. It's a right-to-left break. It hops along the hardwood, continuing to roll. Everybody looking. This putt's got a chance. It's on the line, and it is, oh, just off to the right. Heartbreak in Husker Nation. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Hey, Justin is with us. Thomas and Mac. Caleb Herring is the company today. Caleb, of course, uh, former college quarterback. You hear the call by Kevin Kugler, one of the best play-by-play voices on radio, does TV as well. That was a Porsche giveaway at a Nebraska basketball game. That cat putted the ball the full length of the hardwood and missed to the right by probably a ball and a half. That was really close. I want to build that on that in a second, the fan experience, but... If we can get to it, we uh, we went off on the tangent with Yellowstone and watching TV, and I was just shocked to learn that Caleb hasn't jumped on 1883 yet, which is one of the spinoffs of Yellowstone. Justin, have you watched it yet? Oh, uh, not, you got not, not 1923 yet either. But but they're on they're on the list Watch. now. I gotta wait. We gotta wait a couple months before we get the the yeah. finish to the season. So I think I, I think 1883 is on the next flight. Do it. Yep, Which actually, it. I'm flying. I'm flying tomorrow. I'll probably I'll probably download some episodes. Both of you guys start it. You're gonna love it. It's so much. It's different, but it's better than Yellowstone. It is hardcore. So I'm looking forward to 1923 as well. I think uh, that's what I gotta do because my itch right now. Since I've caught up, I now have to wait for the new episodes. Yeah. So I'm itching for Yellowstone. But I think that might be a good way to scratch that itch. Like to, to, to just awesome. go back in time a little bit. Tim McGraw and Sam Elliott. Awesome. Really awesome. So we started out the hour with a, a bite that kind of got buried in our conversation, but 
It was from Emmanuel Acho, as we continue with our big four. It was Emmanuel Acho talking about the Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury situation. Murray's around. He's the quarterback. He's got the big contract. A little reversed here in Vegas, right? The quarterback is probably gone. The coach is going to stay. But Acho said that it's Kyler Murray's fault that Kingsbury is gone. Where are you on this, Caleb? I, I, I understand his point. I get where he's coming from. And I, to a certain degree, agree. So to a certain, de- to a certain degree, I agree <laughs> with the point. Kyler Murray is, I think, the biggest problem with the Cardinals. And it's because he's so talented, because his availability is questionable, being injured. This is something that was an issue when you talked about drafting him. At his size, can he sustain at the NFL level? So it's not like he didn't know that that was going to be a huge risk factor for your, your franchise. It's panned out that way. And he's not going to be the same player coming off of this ACL. So I think that's going to be a 100% thing. But I think the disconnect between Kingsbury and Kyler Murray was the biggest issue. And you've made your stake in the ground and said, we're going to go with this issue, that being Kyler Murray. We're going to work around him. I think the reason Kingsbury's gone is probably because Kyler Murray. And the reason Kingsbury probably had such a terrible stint as a head coach was because Kyler Murray. And that's just being honest. It won't, either way you dice that pie or slice that pie, Kyler Murray is the big issue in Arizona. Till that gets fixed, I don't think anything changes as far as Arizona goes. Here's where Acho on FS1 builds the, uh, the, the deeper case that it's all Kyler Murray's fault. We're talking about the Cardinals not having an identity, and to some degree I agree with that. But why don't they have an identity? What did Kyler Murray say after the overtime win or the late game win against oh, the Raiders? Yeah. Kyler his, Murray's yeah. the one who said, hey, y'all got to be awake when y'all play with me. Yeah. Y'all don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so what that. y'all are defining is Kyler Murray's ethos. He literally is like, at my core of a player, y'all just got to be awake. Right. I don't know what I'm going to do. So when you're saying the Cardinals don't have an identity, because the quarterback don't have an identity. And that is all the fault of the coach. That's, that's Cliff Kingsbury. That's your job. That's your job. If they hire the right person, this will get fixed. This is why this job is another good job. Where are you on this one, Justin? Is it the quarterback's fault or the coach's fault? You know, I'm, I'm right in line with Caleb on this one. Like, what? yeah, I think the reason that Cleansbury got fired is because of Kyler Murray, but the reason why Kyler Murray's there is because of Cleansbury, right? Like, I mean, the, the reason why Murray didn't succeed, there has to be some accountability from Cleansbury's camp on that. They they played a part in that. They played a part in him being there. They played a part in him being the focal point. They played a part in building around him. And so, you know, if if that didn't work out then you were done that was your plan and your plan failed and just like caleb said the plan failed on the basis that everybody thought it would if it was going to fail and it's exactly what happened so you know i mean i i'm not gonna say 100 percent on on kyler but <laughs> but even all the percent that's on kyler is all foreseeable things that cleansbury has to take account for too as i said this job is attractive But now it's at the feet of Mike Bidwell, the owner. Sean Payton's available. $15 million a year. Bust the top off (laughs) of the coaching. Yeah. Reset the market, yeah. He's also a GM in effect, but I want him to bring in a GM. I also want him to bring in an OC, but I want Sean Payton. That's who I want. If Bill Belichick's not available, because that was my idea last week, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know that that's established yet, but I want a veteran coach. I want one of the best in the business. I don't think the Chargers' job is going to be open. I don't think Peyton's going to take 
the Broncos job. The Broncos also don't have the draft capital because you have to pay the Saints in some draft capital mm-hmm. as well. Am I crazy on that one? I, I think Sean – again, Sean Payton is, I think, the best coach available, however available he is. I think he, he, he'd go to Arizona and make the difference that I think Kyler Murray needs. I think he would, one, be a voice of reason in Kyler's life and rein him in a little bit to where he's not – it's not Kyler's world and we're all just living it. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to be the quarterback of my system. Sean Payton is the only coach that I think that's really dabbling with this that could do that with Kyler Murray. So I agree. I think – Sean Payton's the best name out there for most of these situations. So him and, and Kyler Murray, I think Sean Payton clearly is the top of that pecking order. Whereas any other coach, I don't think Kyler's mentality is, I'm going to bend to the will of some nobody coach or some experiment coach, some up-and-comer coach. No, I'm great. You need to bring in a great coach for me. So, again, it's going to be about how you handle Kyler Murray. And I can't get around that Kyler Murray hurdle is, A lot of what happens in Arizona, especially since you extended him, is going to be based around how Kyler responds to the hire. And I don't think I don't think that's a good situation to be in as a franchise where you have to make a hire that appeases your quarterback, who's really unproven, who really hasn't had much success. He's had success in the NFL. So they are in a, a very precarious situation as a franchise. Sean Payton fixes a lot of it. I don't know that they're going to be able to pony up to get him. I don't know that Sean Payton is going to be attracted enough to the situation to actually entertain it. Again, we talked about the Broncos. That is the most attractive job. I think Sean Payton's aware of that, just as Jim Harbaugh and any other uh, head coach who's considering a job in the NFL. The Broncos is the number one priority, I think the number one spot. Arizona, because of Kyler Murray, is not a top destination to me. I'd just add in that, uh, yeah, I don't think the Chargers job would be open unless – Peyton said he was willing to go there. Then I bet it would be open. Well, I think the one, the, one, the one thing that could happen this weekend is if the Chargers get freaking boat race like they did in the regular season, if Jacksonville beats them by four touchdowns, mm-hmm. then the, the, the call for Staley to go bye-bye is going to rise again. Yeah, I know. I, and I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But, again, if, you, I mean, if you're in the Chargers' ownership and you're not reaching out to Peyton to say, like, hey, if this job was open, would you want it? You know, I don't think you're doing your job because then I think the Chargers job is the best job of those three if the Chargers job is open. And Herbert is still, you know, awesome and still moldable into whatever system that you want to put him into. So I I would hope as a Chargers fan that the ownership is at least filling that out to see if that's a possibility. Uh, Number one in today's Big Four as we do an extended Big Four, Justin Watkins is with us, 766-1400. Number to call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, Caleb Herring. Former college quarterback is here with us as well. Top story is, and I said this yesterday, I'll say it every day that I need to. I'm I'm all in on another offseason of Aaron Rodgers. I love the story. I think it's completely fascinating. I don't know that he knows if he wants to play, if he wants to go back to Green Bay. He's going to take months to think about it. Are you on board? I am, and I, I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. I The <laughs> drama of it is like – Justin is, just nodding. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's exciting. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's like it's – it's keeping Green Bay, first of all, in you know, in the relativity sphere where like we still want to talk about them, right. even though they got bounced out of the playoffs, which is, to my in my opinion, tragic for the season. Um, it, I think so much about the playoffs changes if Aaron Rodgers was there. Is it, if Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are in the playoffs, the NFC playoff picture looks a little bit more muddy. 
But that aside, the Aaron Rodgers saga has been phenomenal for the life of his career, really. It, it started off with the Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers kind of scandal, if you'll call it that. And every, it seems like this figure that it has become Aaron Rodgers is always the center of drama from being on Jeopardy, for Christ. How many quarterbacks in the NFL hosted Jeopardy? I, I would say zero off the top of my head outside of Aaron Rodgers. He's an interesting person. Whether or not you always agree with him, is, is that's debatable. But I, I, he's meeting with uh, the front office this morning. The results and what happened in that conversation have yet to be disclosed. But the way that he's kind of, for the past three off-seasons, held the Packers hostage with his contract negotiation and his desires, basically, his request list being met by the Packers. It's, it's been fun to watch, if nothing else. Uh, who knows if it's good for the Packers, but it's fun to watch, and the offseason is more entertaining for it. Who knows what we're going to do without him? You know, if he doesn't play anymore and decides to retire, I hope he does, like, a Manning cast version of things. And maybe, <laughs> like, I envision it of, like, the table on that 70s show as they're going around the table and he's got like Marshawn Lynch in there and he's you know there it's just a little bit different of a world it's like the outsider's view of of a football game and I bet you that would be entertaining as heck yeah the guy's got a nose for the drama whether whether he brought it you know I don't think he did anything to bring it on himself at the beginning but uh he embraced it and uh he ran with it he's an interesting character and and I think uh if I hope he continues to play. I wasn't. I actually, I wasn't pulling for Green Bay uh, to make the playoffs. I actually wanted the Lions to make the oh, playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know by the time that game came around, they couldn't. They were already eliminated because of the Seattle win. But I was before that day started. I was all in on. I wanted the Lions to be in the playoffs just to see what would happen. Um, but yeah, I, I hope Aaron Rodgers plays. But if he doesn't, I hope he does something in the entertainment world. I actually thought he was good on Jeopardy, man. I thought he did a good job. He should have been the host. Uh, it was glorious to watch the Lions win. Nevada Sports Talk Hour brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give him a call, 766-1400. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling on last couple minutes with Justin Watkins, our uh, legal analyst from Battleborn Injury Lawyer, Sports Talk host today uh, during the Big Four. Caleb Herring is here. All right, Justin, we got one more topic to hit. I know we had a lot of stuff on the table, but I wanted to get your take on the rights of fans to hold up signs at games for things to only result or uh, for things to go in the direction of being tossed. I think we might have lost Justin for a second. Did you see these two signs, Caleb? One was at a Kentucky game yeah. where it basically said, it was referencing Calipari, Texas, please take him. Yeah. And then the other one was at the Raiders game, the finale, and the sign simply said, we deserve better. And I think the Kentucky fan got tossed. I can't remember if the Raiders fan got tossed. I know they didn't want the sign out there. What do you think about signs like this at the game and then the rights of the organization or schools to go, you know, leave? Take down the sign or leave. That, to me, is silly. Uh, I think the fans have a right to voice their opinion, whether it's booze, whether it's uh, signage, whatever the case may be. As long as it's not vulgar and what what will be universally considered offensive. Uh, I mean, if somebody's standing there with a a nude photo as their poster, yeah, get them out of here, right? Or some sort of threat towards somebody's safety or whatever the case may be. I, I would think that that would be something that I would expect it. But for it to be something as simple as Texas taken and you get removed from the stadium, that, that just seems 
like censorship. Yep. Like it, it's not you don't have an opinion. You can't voice anything displeasurable about it. So basically, you put yourself in this kind of untouchable position as as an organization, whether it's a college or a pro team, where you can't say anything. I have the power to silence anything you say, and I, I don't, that that's to me a problematic way of going about it. I think as an organization, you should allow that kind of criticism. Be better if that's if if that's what the fans are saying. If the, if there's any validity to it, maybe just be better. Uh, the fans are have every right that support you when you're winning to criticize you when you're losing. And that those signs, those two signs especially, just baffle me that they would even be entertained for kicking right. them out or removal. Well, at Kentucky, you can do it, right? You got an arena that holds twenty three thousand. Mm-hmm. It's mostly sold out. I would say in this era, and by the way, the same goes for the Raiders. Raiders tickets are through the freaking roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you know, barely get locals to keep the tickets because they can get such money from out-of-town fans. You can do it at places like that, but there's a lot of places in sports now where fan attendance is not like it used to be. And to treat fans like that, and you're right, it's a fine line. Like if the sign said something really offensive, mm-hmm. but those are pretty benign signs. Right. And the message, and I hope it wasn't Cal who looked up, you know, Calipari. And that's my next question. Who is scanning the audience and during a game, making the determination that fans need to be kicked out. Like, was did the sign become that much of a distraction where, who, like, somebody with some pretty high ranking had to have seen it and said, get that guy out of here, right? I don't think that this is something that's a normal occurrence to just be scanning and seeing, like, hey, who's, who's being unruly out there? Who do we need to kick out? That's, that's what's weird about this. Like, where was the outrage that caused that sign? Like, did it cause a disruption in the fan? Like, were the fans the one? That kind of pointed it out, like, hey, you get out of here. You're not a real fan. Get out of here. Then it becomes a distraction. Then I understand it. But if there's somebody in the administration who saw it and was like, we're not doing that. Get him out. Get him out of our arena. Yeah. That's a whole different ballgame. And I, I suppose the organizations, the teams, the schools could lean on, hey, you're distracting other fans or maybe not distracting, blocking their view. Okay. Might be able to buy that one. Uh, I think it sends a really bad message for the Raiders to their fans. Because it's already hard enough to get in to the stadium. you got to pay a lot of money to get in. Mm-hmm. And then you're not allowed. I mean, what's next? Booing? Can't boo? I mean, and the sign, we deserve better. Uh, yeah, you, they're right. They won six games. They went 6-11. and 11. They absolutely do deserve better. We're live at Thomas and Mack getting ready for a Mountain West game tonight between UNLV and uh, Boise. A little later, we'll talk about the uh, Nevada result last night against San Diego State. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents this hour every day between 4 and 5. Offices in Reno and in Las Vegas. Call from anywhere in the state of Nevada. 766-1400. Cofield and company rolling on.